Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome everyone. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Cody. For Cody Haas will be joining us today and is going to be with us until noon. And then we are going to stay just for another half hour, Debbie and I, and just any of you mamas that want to stay and we can share. Cody will miss this, but he'll have to listen to the recording. Just share some takeaways and highlights. It's fun to hear what people, just what people hear and what, what's helpful for them. And anyway, we'd love this. This is our Warrior Mothers Who Know Tuesday group. It's just this awesome group of moms that we are, we are wanting to just support and love and help our families in a peaceful, just Christ-centered way. And so it's just a neat group of women that are doing that. And we find as we go along, we're bumping into real life and our families are getting tangled in technology or struggling with mental health things or finding a tricky marriage things or, you know, all of these pieces that are just regular pieces of life. And that's who we've got here, real mamas and just beautiful women who are just so wanting to link arms with the Savior on this journey. And, you know, we really are. We're in the thick of it. We are at my home. And I know that's probably the case for a lot of you. And um, sometimes that brings us together in a beautiful way. And and we just really, we love this group. We're here. We are going to be on break for a couple of weeks during Christmas or Christmas break. But we're here pretty much every Tuesday at 11 o'clock Mountain Time. And yeah. it's, it's not an exclusive group. If you have friends and neighbors and family members that you think, hey, we could benefit by Getting like-minded 
women together and learning together. And just feel free to, to share that, extend that invitation. But we want to get going here while we've got Cody Haas here for until noon. And so we want to get started with him. But I wanted to just share just a little bit about Cody before we get started. And Cody, you can make any little corrections or additions as we go. But I learned some new things as I as I was reading a little bit about Cody. And it'll just be fun to get to know him a little bit. And then Cody's going to be sharing just some beautiful information about power goals and and just how that can help us to be still and and feel some peace there. So I'm excited to hear what else he's is what else, what he wants to share today. So here's a little bit about Cody. Cody was born and raised in Oregon and his passions were sports and singing. I didn't know that. Maybe we could have a little treat today with singing and yeah. activities with his family and friends and also the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he worked on the local farms until his graduation from high school. And then he enrolled in Rick's College, what was then Rick's College, and he attended. And then after, and in the middle of that time there at Rick's, he served a mission in Texas, McAllen, Texas. And while he was there, he learned Spanish. And then he also just increased in his eagerness to serve the people around him. And after his mission, he went back to school there, which was now the BYU-Idaho, where he got a bachelor's degree in sociology and a minor in Spanish. And then, I didn't know this, Cody, was actually named the man of the year for BYU-Idaho College of Religion and Social Sciences. Oh, I, thought that, I thought I took that one out. Really? I thought I edited that out. Dang it. Well, okay. You didn't You didn't want that part. Well, it's really It's fun. okay. No. like... I, I, I guess I better own it. Like, <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, you better own it. We might need to hear <laughs> a little more about what that is. But um, Cody actually met his wife, Kristen, there while, while you were in Idaho. Is that right? While you were EFY counselors? Yeah, EFY counselors. Yeah. So that, that seems like it fits you. After a few. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing those FSY interviews now for everybody that, all the youth that's going to FSY these. And I'm like, guys, you want to go. Like if anybody's not want to go, I'm like, go to FSY. It's amazing. It's okay. That's good. You're doing interviews for Yeah. Just to, yeah, they have to, you have to go through some guidelines to like hear what kind of some of the guidelines are for them. So gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, so fun. Yeah. What a special experience. So after a few years of living in Layton, where Kristen works at, worked as a special education teacher and Cody as a youth sex offender counselor, they decided to pursue, pursue a master's degree in social work at Eastern Washington University. And so there, Cody became a mental health and sex offender therapist, and he also worked for the departments of, Department of Corrections in Washington and Oregon. And then since they moved back to Utah, Cody, how long have you been here in Utah? Been a decade now. Okay, Just so 10 decade. years. Yeah. Back. And at that time, you started working for Life Changing Services and yeah. And also did a little bit of part-time therapy with LDS Family Services. So Cody's specialties include addiction recovery and marriage and family therapy and also mental health recovery. And so Cody, welcome. We're just, thanks for being here. We'd love for you to add anything you want to onto that. And then just however you want to go as far as what you want to share today. We're just grateful you're here. One thing, Cody, I've noticed about you, I've been able to 
bump into you a few times and we've been in the same places a few times with some of the things that Life Changing Services does. But if I had to pick one word to describe you in just my few interactions, I would just say genuine. That's mm. the word I would pick. And I just feel like it's easy to see what you're about and what you care about and where your heart is just by the way that you you talk to people and the way you interact. And anyway, I'm just grateful to have you here today. So thanks for coming and thanks for just thanks for being you. Thank you. Thank you, BJ, for that compliment too. That was really nice. And mm -hmm. same thing for you. It's just, as you guys know, BJ just exudes kindness and genuine. I, yeah, I really love working with the people here that I get to work with. Thank you for having me. I was just wondering, um, can I get to know you all just real quick? Is that okay? I know it's sometimes it's hard to do a big discussion in here, but like, I'm wondering if the chat, if you guys don't mind telling me what state you're coming from, what state are you coming from? I'm going to do a little bit of using the chat, maybe using the raise hand thing for a second, just to know who is here. So Tooele, Utah, Alaska, Texas, California, Utah, Idaho, Oregon, Centerville. Nice. Utah, Washington. Good. Wonder where at in Washington. I, I was living in Spokane and Cheney, Washington. For a bit there. Originally from Hermiston, Oregon. Ooh, Indiana. Ooh, Wenatchee. Yeah. I remember that place. We'd go through there on the way to, I think it was on the way to Seattle. So that's cool. Well, good. And next option, I wanted to use the raise hand option. I'm just going to ask you how many kids you have. How many children do you have? And so if you have one child, raise your hand. At least one child, raise your hand. Use the raise hand option. So you find that down at the bottom right. of the screen under reactions. You'll see a little reactions icon. And when you click on that, you can raise your hand. It'll and we're going to have a competition to see who has the, the most children in here. Looks like every, almost a, if you have a chance to use the raise hand option, sometimes on the phones, it's hard to raise your hand. If you have at least two children and lower your hand, if you don't, yes. Oh man. Most of you do. Okay. Let's go with three, three children. We got, I think we got a one hand or a few hands that were lowered Four children still running strong. Good. Five children. Six. Funny when I do this in, in like big groups and you can like, you can hear the noise, but in Zoom, you can't. Ooh, it's going down. Okay. Seven children. We got three people up there. Okay. Eight children. Oh, it's down to one. Okay. So that's the number. Thank you for letting me get to know. Thank you for being, letting me be here. And like, thank you for letting me get to know you and where you're from and I usually do that just because I'm like, I like to see how many children you have, because then I get to see like how much you've, how much you've done. And even just with, I tell these guys in my group on a regular basis in Sons of Helaman, Metamoroni, wherever I'm at, it's like, guys, just the mere fact that your, your, your mom has been through what she's been through. And even that nine months is worth so much respect and so much dignity as you, as you navigate life with her. So the, maybe the least thing you can do is really, really let her know how she's, how you're doing. 
And for those that maybe, you know, going through men and have a, they've had children, the mere fact of that too, right? Really getting the point, man, it, it is so much just to make sure that you can bring these wonderful and beautiful children into the world. So thank you for letting me get, get to know you a little bit there. And thank you for all you do as moms and women and mothers and wives and everything you've done. I just, I feel extremely grateful to be here and to talk about power goals and being still and knowing God. I was just, I'm a big ponderer and a thinker and, and BJ knows I'm not, not a huge talker, but in these types of situations, I have to get out of my, out of my comfort zone. And uh, I was thinking about some of the greatest examples of prayer as I've, as I've read the scriptures and had really great examples of prayer in my life. And I think about Enos. I think, I think about the brother Jared. I think about a lot of Nephi's interactions with God. And I think about my mom. My mom was, is a really very authentic and sincere prayer. She knows how to pray and she knows how to do it wholeheartedly. And with a lot of energy that it doesn't take out her energy, it just really refuels her. And I think that's why we have these power goals, especially the prayer goal. I think I often think about the prayer of Jesus as, as he's teaching us how to pray and thanking God and also really petitioning God and asking God for whatever is needed from for him in that moment as he's navigating and ministering to the people that he's around. And I think about this, the wonderful times where we have to just say, you know what, thy will be done because I just need to turn to thee. I need to, I need to go and make sure that your will is my will and my will is yours. And I think about the writers that have gone through life and there's many writers that I really look up to. And he's one of the big, the biggest and most influential writers for me is C.S. Lewis. I love reading his material. I love, you know, reading about the competitions he had with, I think, I don't know if this is real, but I think I heard about it, but J.R.R. Tolkien and him had a, had a goal to write the most spiritual things. I think that's how Lord of the Rings or Lion, the Witch and Rogue Wardrobe came out. Don't, you probably have to fact check that, but that's just something I heard. But I love C.S. Lewis and his writings, Mere Christianity, Screw Tape Letters. I love the Psalms of David and in in the Psalm of Nephi. And despite unpopular opinion, I love and adore the writings of Isaiah. I think Isaiah, because of his writing, those that knew Christ were able to, to know him and, and love him. And unfortunately, because the Sadducees and Pharisees may have been caught off guard by law of Moses or that, you know, the interpretation of law of Moses, they forgot what Isaiah wrote. And because what, of, what Isaiah wrote and them not necessarily being extremely close to what Isaiah or maybe even intimidated by what Isaiah wrote, they, they really had some Sadducean or Pharisean type attitudes and behaviors, which that couldn't get them to the point where they could follow the spirit of the law. And I, one other example is the four gospels. I really love the four gospels and how they were written. I love the men that followed Jesus Christ to give us, give us wonderful examples of what he did to, to give us the amazing sermon on the Mount and different things and miracles that we could observe. And that of course leads to reading 
all these wonderful people, these writers that went before us could even be in, you know, in our, in our family history too. They were vulnerable people, real people with vulnerable issues, real issues that had took the time and the vulnerability to go out and write so that we could read all these beautiful and wonderful things. All the miracles that we were able to see in the scriptures or from our family history or from, you know, even from our, you know, anybody that's been vulnerable in our past has been able to stick out and get to that point where they could have us read. That really fuels me today why I write. I write because, and I, and I write really vulnerable things because I want my kids to know that, that I'm human. And if they are to navigate this life in any, and if they're going to be perfect in anything, I'm hoping that they're perfect in knowing that those that went before them were human and that they needed a savior and that they are human and then they need a savior also. And so that's why I love these power goals. We get to follow really wonderful examples of people that went out of their way to pray and write and read it on, read on their own too. Things passed down from Adam, faith, beliefs, everything. Usually it only happened because of power goals. And that's why, that's why I want to impress on myself and remember, you know, and help you remember and help you know the power of power goals. And getting to that point where you take some time every day. Because they are, they are where we can get the well of living water. And I call it, I, I say to my boys and, and the men in my groups and any of my clients, man, if you want a smorgasbord of amazingness, if you really want a buffet and feel and to feel filled on a regular basis, do your power goals. Go to those things because they're the well and water and the bread of life. And that's what truly fills us. And so to get to that point, and I was like, I was thinking about how, how was it that these people in their vulnerable states and, and in their imperfect states, but real states got to the point where they could actually get to those power goals and get to that courage to share their their lives with us. And I was just thinking, man, they really know God. And I, I think one of the prerequisites, one of the requisite items to make, make sure that we can even be still is to know God. And so they had that great desire. And I, I believe every one of these people that I, that I kind of mentioned before also had a really good gift and talent to know God inherently. And most of us do. I th I think most of it, especially because you're here, you probably know, or you're having that, you have that talent also. You want to get closer to God and you want to work on that desire to know. But of course, we have an adversary that's really good at causing us to forget on a regular basis. And so I want to go into what these people probably knew about God and what I want to know about God and what I want to remember on a regular basis. And it's these four things. And these are things that I constantly have to have on three by five cards. I have to, you know, sometimes I'll write them on my mirror. I call them my mirror messages when I want to know who God is, because sometimes I forget. Because sometimes I feel like there's no bomb in Gilead or that there is no, there is no hope in my situation. And so these are the four things and you probably already know them, but just to, just to remember them and have, have a remembrance system in place is going to be key. I want you to know 
that I know, and this is what I want to remember, is that God is omnipresent. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient and benevolent. Amongst many other wonderful and beautiful traits that God has, these are the four traits that I always want to remember. If I'm ever going to be still and know God and have him meet me where I'm at, I always have to remember these four things. If I don't, I let other gods be before me. And sometimes those other gods are my children. Sometimes those other gods are my phone. Sometimes those gods are my calling or my, you know, my job. And so I don't want to, I, I really don't want to operate under other, other identities other than the identity of child of God. That's my most important identity. I want to live in that identity. And to get there, that's where I have to remember these four, four words. So in those four words, that means that God has the power to be anywhere he wants, to do anything he wants, literally has the power to, to create or do whatever he needs to do. And he knows everything. And of course, he's all loving. I know also, and I want to testify that God is, he operates in justice and mercy, a complete balance of justice and mercy. It's not, a, it's not justice oriented alone. It's not mercy oriented alone. But when he works with us individually, when we make mistakes or when we're going through hardships, he operates with an amazing amount of balance between justice and mercy. So when we are going through that and knowing that omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, and benevolence, know that those all combine to create a system where he will meet us where we're at. He will meet us where we can understand what he wants us to do going forward. And does anybody have any questions on that or anything before we, I move forward on the next thing? Okay. So that being said, I want, you to, I want to introduce to you the idea that you're probably not unfamiliar with, but could potentially be very good, a very good tool as you navigate hardship. Especially when I was talking to Karen beforehand, like it's really hard during the holidays. Holidays are really hard with lost battles, unfortunately. We, th we think that it's going to be really wonderful and we're going to be singing jingle bells all day, every long, every, every day, and maybe going caroling and you know, passing out cookies. And, but unfortunately, there's going to be some, there's going to be some hardship and hard lost battles, maybe on our end or in, in, in the ways that we lose battles. And it might be lost battles with pornography or some of those sexual self-masteries issues that, that come with our kids. But I want you to, I want you to consider this, this principle. And this is, this is one of the things that you can do through prayer and writing and reading, I call it the, the idea of reconnecting with your pre-mortal interviews. When I think about this, imagine this, you're in the pre-existence. I, I often think about this because I'm a huge ponderer and meditator on the pre-existence just in life in general and kind of what, what it's going to be like after this too. But I imagine this, we're in the pre-existence and really prepping for our mortal existence. We really want to do the best we can. We know we're going to pass through a veil. We, we're, we're, not, we're not unfamiliar with what we're going to pass through. But let's say we have interviews with Christ. Maybe we have interviews with, we're probably having interviews with God. We're very close to him. And he comes to us and he's like, you know what? I want you to prepare for something. So you're there meeting with God. 
And he says to you, hey, this meeting, we're going to cover what it's going to be like to, to go through having a son or daughter that has some addiction issues, right? So he says, another item to consider is the trial of dealing with a child that deals with addiction to pornography or to whatever it may be. Imagine he's saying this to you. He says, this will hurt deeply. You may not know what to do. Yes, there will be programs to get them into. And you have many reasons to be excited about that. But don't forget about knowing me and how I can help you be still and how I can help your child be still. He also may said, he also may say there will be many theories and researched best practices. They will be helpful. But still, check those in with me. And let's see what fits in with, within your values and mine. And beware, there, there will be a lot of temptation to put your trust in the arm of the flesh. Put your trust in a program or put your trust in a person. But please, try your hardest to put your trust in me. Remember my omniscience, my omnipresence, my omnipotence, and my benevolence. Remember how I can make your heart feel still in those moments where you feel complete and utter hardship. Please put your trust in me. And so in order to set up kind of like the reliving of the pre-mortal interviews and doing that, I kind of have, I kind of set out some, some kind of some steps that you can take if you're noticing that maybe, especially in the next few weeks, that these hardships are, well, it looks like a question came through, but especially if you notice that there's, there's hardships coming through the holidays. One of the reasons that the hardships come through the holidays is just the, there's that lack of structure again. I mean, you go to school, you got sports, you got a lot of these things that are coming into, I mean, they're, they, your kids are used to, you're used to, there's a lot more time with each other, which we're not used to. It's no longer COVID years where we're, we had to really get used to being around each other even more. And so you have these short stints of two weeks or, or more, or more of, of being together. And of course you love it as a mom, you love that time together, but sometimes it's just hard. A lot more time on phones, a lot more time on what we call, I, I call consumption over creation, where we're just consuming things, food, phones, media. And so those things can come up that are pretty hard that we may not expect it. So I, 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 I'd love for you to expect that there's going to be some of that because of the circumstances. So in, in, in reliving these pre-mortal interviews, first step is whenever you noticed, whenever you notice that you're feeling hardship, anguish, or even when you're not feeling them, this is very important. Even when you're not feeling the anguish or the, the unedifying emotions that come, I still want you to take these steps. Okay. So we can practice these things. So we're practicing, we may be practicing response for when, when the holidays come and that we have a little bit less structure. And so the next step is, is to ask this question, can God help me through this? Can God help me through this? And it might be a yes or no question. There might be that hopefully, maybe that might be even an open-ended question that you can ask yourself. Does he have the power to help me through this? The reason I ask that question is, is mostly for remembrance. 
It's mostly to get, by the way, this is kind of my system that I use. So it's mostly to get me contrite and humble to, to get out of my own iron flesh or get out of the, my own seeking some type of validation from humanity as opposed to the validation that comes from God. So first question is usually a humbling question. Can God help me through this? Okay. Number two is another remembrance system and also a really good humbling question too. Who is God? And that's where I, I invite you to go into the omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, and benevolence. Who is God? Okay. So it's also a good reminder to get into the point where you can see who he, who he is and connect with him again. Next step is, and this is huge for me, and if I do not rule out what the adversary does, it is a, it's, it's a problem. Then I put on all this responsibility on my own to figure it out on my own. So the next step is, or next, next question is, what tactic or technique is Satan using right now? Really going in and seeing what, what is he using to cause, cause this painful experience to be even more painful. And one of the things that I always have to remind myself of and others is that remember that, that Satan's, you know, Satan's not responsible for our behaviors, but man, he is, he is a tempter. He is the tempter and he's the tormentor. So he starts that train and he starts very subtly in those approaches that he takes to make sure that we can be off kilter. So what tactic or technique is Satan using to defeat us? So it's not necessarily all our fault that we get tempted or tormented, which is torment is the is really what he uses with women a ton. But it is our responsibility to figure out what he's doing so we can get to God a little closer. Next question is, was there a pre-mortal interview for this? Was there a situation where I where I kind of talk to God about this in the pre-mortal existence. It may not have been this very minuscule experience in the, in the, the timeline of eternity, eternity, but it might've been a pattern that, that, that God talked to, talked to us about in the pre-mortal existence. Oh, one, one, one more thing on that pre-mortal existence kind of principle. When I was teaching, I, I, I had some time teaching seminary too. I didn't get the full-time job I hired but I'm glad I didn't because I wouldn't be here today. But one thing is I, I, was, I was a neighbor to Lindsey Robbins. And Lindsey Robbins, he, when he, we would have kind of conversations out in the lawn when we were doing our kind of our yard work. I was doing the yard work for my in-laws because we were living with my in-laws. He said, Cody, when you're teaching these youth, please help them uncover. Please, or sorry, please help them discover what was covered up through the, through the veil. Please help them discover what was, what was, what was taught them to talk to them in the pre-existence. Please help them discover that. And, and that's why I come with these pre-mortal interviews. I'm like, man, there must be a pre-mortal interview for that. So that's the next step. Was there a pre-mortal interview for this situation? If so, here's the next step. What would God's words be for me? What would he say to me? What would be his instruction and his training in that premortal existential interview? And God, oh man, can I just emphasize the, the power and, re and the revelation that I've received just by going there 
And getting to that really quiet and still state in order to be taught has been the most revelatory thing for me. And it's just, it's just solidified the foundations of my testimony in God when I get to hear his words. And they're, they're exactly what I need to be heard, what needs to be heard in those moments for me at my maturity level and at the level that I can, I can actually hear. And then the last step is after I hear his words, how will, how will I proceed? What am I going to do? Am I going to adjust my power goals? Am I going to have a lot less justice and a little bit more mercy? Am I going to balance that out for my son or my daughter? Am I going to balance it out for me? Am I going to get to that place where I can not, not get to the point where I need perfection in me or others? Can I get to charity? Stuff like that. Those are the things I, I would consider in that last step. After I hear his words, how will I proceed? So I just, just want you to know that these are things that definitely have been helpful for me as I'm navigating really hard things and sometimes navigating the really good things. I often like when I started to pray, not only for gratitude for the really cool things that were happening in my life, but when I started to pray like this, Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that I get to navigate this hardship and this and this mistake with you because I really don't want to do it on my own. I need your help. When I started having gratitude for the the hardships that I got to navigate, prayer changed a ton for me. My writing changed, my reading changed. And it's because of those four, you know, four words, omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, benevolence, but also truly knowing who God is. There's a, there's a horrible adversary named Satan that hates God. He pre pretends to be the God of this world. He pretends to you know, do all the things to make sure that, that he gets all the glory. And so often, I don't know if, if you guys went through this when you were young, but like there was a lot of shame. And I thought God, you know, was ashamed of me. And now it's different. It's very different. And so if, ever, if you ever feel like God's ashamed of you and that, you, that you're having a hard time to get to your power goals or get your closeness with God, Please, please remember the God that you, that you worship. And it's not the God that pretends to be the God of this world or promotes himself. He's that God of those hellfire and damnation. He's that, he's that dude that promotes that stuff. Let's fire him and really hire a God that extremely just has so much love and devotion toward us. So, but yeah, I'd like to... I mean, that's what I have today. If you want to open up to any questions or answers or any clarification. Um, Cody, yeah. thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that idea. Let's fire him and let's hire the other <laughs> That's a great way. Yeah, to sure. Oh, thank you for what you've shared. We do have, um, Debbie, I might have some questions that have been sent in. But if you have a question, just know that we've got Cody for about 20 more minutes. And he would love to answer any questions you have on these power goals. These are something that the that are a, a big piece of lots of the programs at Life Changing Services and a and a game changer. And so, anyway, maybe Debbie will will go to you. But if you have a question, you're welcome to raise your virtual hand, or you can even unmute. We'll see. 
We'll have Debbie kind of lead us through that and Debbie will watch for questions. You can put a question in the chat or you're welcome to ask out loud. I think we've got a small enough group. We can do that as well. If you have a question that you think I'd like to ask, but I don't want to ask it, I want to ask it anonymously, send that to Debbie and she can just ask it anonymously for you. All right, Debbie, are, do we have some questions? Yeah. Can, we're wondering, Cody, can you walk us through what a daily, what daily power goals look like? Like, what are you reading or what would you read? Is that all scriptures or what? And then how often? And, and then can you share an example also of how power goals are pivotal in our youth, young men, young women, and in marriages? Yeah, for sure. Though, so I, I have my young men and, and men that I work with and anybody that's coming into my office, I, when they're setting up power goals, I want them to have an ideal goal and a consistency goal. So like I'll share what I do for my consistency goal. My consistency goal is having one, one gratitude prayer a day. I just want at least one prayer gratitude a day. Cause I, guys, I, I, I really want people to, to get to the point where they can get momentum with power goals. I don't want them to have, if they set ideal goals too fast, it, it just, they, they may be able to get to it for maybe a, a week or two. So I want them to be able to say, oh my goodness, like it's not putting disrespect on the power goals, but it's, it is really getting to the point where like they can know their humanity. They don't need to be perfect. I also want to limit any type of scrupulosity. Scrupulosity is the, the religious form of OCD. And religious scrupulosity is un unfortunately very, very rampant, rampant in, in religious communities and spiritual communities that, and it just, it really downplays the, the savior. It makes them their own savior. And so when we're doing power goals, please, please limit any, please give yourself grace and mercy because we may not have the perfect ideal power goals every day. So prayer. Yeah. Like my ideal prayer is I, I want to have, I want to lead family prayer in which I do. I should make that a consistency goal because that's awesome. I want to lead my couple's prayer. I want to have, you know, and I want to have a really good authentic prayer every day. And it's amazing because most of those goals happen every day, but sometimes because my humanity, they don't. And so I'm grateful for the consistency goal. And so that's kind of what I, what you, you ought to look at when you're setting up your prayer goal. Writing goal, my consistency goal, it's been this for years, is open a journal. I just want to open a journal. I know the importance of, of journaling. I know the importance of writing. So my consistency goal is just to open a journal. And I've had that for about eight years now. My ideal goal is to write a letter to God or a letter to myself or my past self, letter to my future self, letter to my children, letter to my wife, or maybe just a, a, a journal entry, whatever it is maybe a miraculous thing or, or how God had his hand in my life that day. So I'm, by the way, this is what got me to writing. I didn't, I had so many people, you know, in school said, I, 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 cause I was in some of the special ed classes for a lot of the writing and reading and, and all that stuff. And so I had to deal with that kind of learning disabilities growing up. And so like a lot of people told me that I just, I just wasn't able. And so having that, that goal in place and that consistency goal was really, really relieving for me, knowing that I didn't have to be perfect at it. And the reading goal, 
my consistency goal is is one chapter of inspired or more intelligent reading than myself. So it could be like dragons they fight. I I prefer it to be in the scriptures, but like I want to do you know something like that. And it's my my it's one chapter for my consistency goal. An ideal goal is I want I really want to be able to teach what I read. So I go in really going in saying how can I how can I teach my children? How in my devotional the night before prayer, how can I teach my children what I learned in my, in my scripture, in my scripture stuff today, scripture reading today. So that's my deal. I'm going to read to teach. I want to read to, to pass on what I learned. Hopefully that's helpful for those. There's a second part to that question. But do you ever, you know, is there? Yes. I, I actually have a question kind of off the subject, if that's okay, just to kind of borrow on your light that you have in education with being a sex offender counselor and things. Just our son was charged with sex offense and so is now on probation. And we thought that it was just the one incident, but now we have found out that he has been having casual sex, like with hookups and with several women. He's 20 years old. We are pretty devastated with this. We are making some boundaries right now with him staying at home, whether he wants to continue this or, or stay at home and really work on it. But one of the things that I've just been thinking of is because he says that it's very ingrained in his brain and very hardwired and it's in his thoughts every single day. And I'm just wondering on what point, because it seems that it's almost like a hypersexual disorder now where it, it's difficult to resist the urges. And I'm wondering if you know, and of course he needs to do, he's doing sex therapy and some things. And so he's starting to learn some ways to resist, but I'm wondering if you know of some, just some thoughts on that. And then also like, I'm wondering about a medication that even would help because I've seen that there's medications that will actually block that androgen hormone that men have so strong because I think it's just, it's coming, it's kind of just an addiction right now where it's just difficult to even manage his thoughts and his that hormone. So he is not in a super good place right now. I think he's not really totally wanting to change. He's done the Sons of Helaman program. That was about a year ago and he wasn't he wasn't into it. He I think he just didn't want to change his his sin and his desires. And so, but I think maybe now, because he actually has lost his really great girlfriend because of all of this, now that this is coming out, she is, was like the best high standards girl. And so, and then with all the boundaries that we're going to be putting on with him being able to stay at home, I think he might be hitting rock, rock bottom. Anyway, just any of your thoughts about that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, like it would take just by the risk of being too anecdotal, like I'd have to like really see and assess what he's going through. But it sounds like it's oh, I'm just I'm just sad in what you're going through and what he has to go through. But I, I usually start with where where they can get help, like 
I, I know like for people that, that have kind of that hypersexuality, like if they're into sports or if they're into art or if they're into something that like they're, they're drawn toward or they have some passion toward, that's where I'm going to go to. Like I'm going to go into my, cause I'm an, I'm an athletic mindset coach or therapist too. And so I'll go into that type of stuff and really, 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 really build that relationship of trust with them to, to get to that point. And so, because it can be so, such a focal point, their sins or their, you know, their mistakes that they, they tend to get so hyper focused on it. I know I'm, I'm not going to give very good advice because I don't know the person, but I really, I'm really appreciating the medicine called naltrexone. Like it's a really good, it's known to be really, really helpful for those that have gone through substance abuse and alcohol abuse and all those things. But they're seeing that it's really, it's really being helpful. It's being very helpful for those that have the OCD side of sexual addiction. And so um, I would, I would talk to your doctor about maybe something like that and now track zone to help with that. Cause that can give relief to these people that really want to not go against their value system. Cause it, it's apparent that it's a value system for him. Yeah. Yeah. And. And that's exactly the one that I was thinking of, of, of helping him see that it might help him. And he is very athletic. So he, I see him just having so much joy and so much passion with his basketball and his soccer and, mm. and like game night with people and skiing, you know, all these wonderful things that he does do. So he has this side of him that she's this great guy and he's so fun to be around. And then he has the side of him when we start to talk to him about these hard subjects he just shuts down and it's almost like like do you find in some of your clients that they almost have not a split personality but like a total double life where he can com compartmentalize this thing that he does and it doesn't like really bother him because he doesn't seem like he's depressed whereas you know somebody who just a girlfriend of three years just dumped him you know that would seem like he would be depressed but he's not yeah, and that compartmental like if we know if you studied in here or in the in the like dragons they fight, pornography in that sexual behavior only becomes permissible right around you know right level three, maybe even level two with the chemical scale, because when moods start to become the the really good decision maker for the brain, it's not a very good decision maker by the way. Emotions are great, but they're not the best decision. But, but that's when they start to say, wow, I, I can, this is now an option for me. And so a lot of times it, it just, it just doesn't feel like you're, you're, it, it doesn't feel like we're ourselves when we get into those level threes and level fours and level fives, not only because of the thoughts or the adversary, you know, piggybacking on that pain, but because of the chemicals that are being completely just dumped on us in those moments, that's where we feel completely idiotic and stupid. And we're just like, oh my goodness, how am I going to? not go through with this and so if if people if i can really help and assist and influence people to know their own chemistry and be able to to own that emotions are real and that body is experiencing something that's extremely foreign and get it to be so so it's not so unfamiliar that's where it's helpful because once they get once we as humans get to level threes fours We've all been there. We just, we just act in very 
stupid ways. And we're just like, what in the world did I just do there? And so that's when that compartmentalization, that's when we feel like our personality splits up a little bit. And so and that's when the behavior actually becomes acceptable to the brain and body and the spirit just can't fight for us anymore. But so thank you for your question. Hopefully that helps. And if you have any other questions along the way. Can you repeat the name of the drug, Cody? It's called naltrexone. Or naltrexone. I can write it in the chat. N-E-L. And by the way, just as a, has a, just a disclaimer. Remember that, you know, sometimes because, because medications are so helpful, especially like, I, I really like naltrexone for the patients that have those kind of the OCD, like this sexual, like OCD, just obsessive compulsive about it. It, it can't be the, it can't be the recovery. We got to make sure that in, in those times, especially with the, the powerful drug that, that comes like that, that they still get to the point where they can get to the emotional regulation, mindfulness, the dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, a lot of the things that we do at Life Change Services. Make sure that, because if they rely on it, that's that tolerance for it just goes up and then they need more and they, they can only, the doctors can only give the, the max dose. And so that's when it, it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of medical interventions, but that's just all a thing. It's a disclaimer that I always want to share. Thank you, Cody. Here's a question for you. When our, our sons or daughters are adults, obviously our control or ability to step in sometimes is is greatly reduced and limited when you see that they feel shame for the behavior, but then they do get into the, I can't say the word you said, scrupulosity. Is that what you called it? Yeah, scrupulosity. It seems like, like they, like they want to be that ideal, but the shame's so great. And then that ideal makes them feel more shame and it kind of keeps cycling around. So the question is, because that, I know that, you know, that's their fight and they're learning their savior and how they can have the spirit. But as moms, in your experience, what, what can we do? And is that where we be still? And I know that's what the spirit would, we've got to have the spirit ourselves, but give us some ex- examples or experiences you've seen. Well, we just look into when let's say we we have that we're noticing that that pressure is coming on us as a parent and you know you you go through those times where you feel like man i i just need to maybe own their emotions for them or own their recovery for them that's a big that's a big temptation and torment for us at times to just go in and want to own it because we can't like we feel like we can even though not possible but it's in those moments where we it's in those really harsh moments where it gets harsher if we stay in the arm of the flesh or we stay in our own brain or we stay in, we even get in their brain a little bit. That's not only we're spinning, but we're having the double spin, triple fin spin effect because we're spinning in their brain too, which is really hard. And so that's why in those moments, finding, finding like kind of going through the steps that I shared today, but also maybe even doing a, I call it Nini Fifi, notice it, name it, flip it, find it, where we can get in and 
own what we're experiencing in our own body and our mind and in our own chemistry. Because then we can then move forward and say phrases like this. When you're ready, I'd love to be a listening ear on what you're experiencing. Because I can't imagine what, what hardship you're going through. Or, or would, you like, would you like to open up to me about it? I, I have, I, I, we always want to just offer that listening ear first. Because if we go in, we just, we risk being too anecdotal a lot when we're going and saying, if you just did this, or if you just did this, it's usually what overwhelms us and it overwhelms their system because nobody really knows what to do in those moments. And so being able to be still and know God, or maybe even the reverse, know God and be still is, is going to be really apparent to be the most influential. And the only reason I say that is the most influential people I've ever met in my life were the ones that were just the listeners. I, I kind of shied away from the advice, the anecdotal advice, the unsolicited advice givers. I mean, that's just my preference. Some people prefer that. Some people prefer, give me steps, please give me steps. And still they may have to find out what their own steps are. And so, I don't know, is that, is that helpful? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the listening here is, it's always going to come back to what are we, can we do inside our own selves? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't feel like we can ever, when we can achieve listening here, that's pretty special and sacred ground. I mean, and that's work toward and guys, I, I get to do it every day. So I get to work at it and practice it on a regular basis. So, and it's still, I still fail a ton. And I still, um, I can Hands up, so we'll go to her. But if we have time, it would be so interesting to hear some techniques to put us in the listening ear. Like I know we can do the kind of repeat back what they've said or those kind mm -hmm. of techniques that we could maybe practice. Anyway, I've actually got to head out to my next meeting, but sorry. But like any any questions or anything, I, I take ten minute phone calls on a regular basis or whatever you need. I'm not very good at, at responding through email or text, so phone call is my preferred method. So I'll put my I'll put my office number in there for you. Thank you so is much. That okay. Yeah. I'm sorry that I didn't get to your question, but like seriously though, I really like the 10 minute phone calls. Or even if it goes to 15 minutes, I might even splurge. Thank you, Cody. We appreciate you being here and thanks for what you've shared. We'll we'll follow up with everyone. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. You could ask us and we as mothers might be able to help. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you great. Okay. So, you know, he was talking about having a listening ear and, and anyway, okay. So my situation, I have a 16 year old daughter who is using marijuana to numb out and to kind of cope with feelings and stuff, right? And so we've been working with her, trying to get her to have more healthy coping mechanisms. And so I'm trying to be kind of like what I've learned in Mothers Who Know, do my mom power goals and be a listening ear and, and let her have her fight and try to influence where I can, you know, that kind of thing. Where my husband, he went to drug rehab as a teenager and, and he also has had like sexual mastery issues that he is overcoming as well. And so he's in the space of like, I know what to do. And so just last night he said, cause I'm planning on moving to Utah. And he said, 
we need to get her over this drug. Like we need to get her to stop this drugs before she goes to Utah. Otherwise she'll get in with the wrong crowd. And I, I'm just like, we can't just like make her stop. You know, <laughs> we don't have that much control, you know? And he, he's like, okay, you're going to sit down and you're going to do a step four with me. Cause he does the, the 12 steps. He's going to like, you're going to turn over. Write down this and write down that. This is what you're going to do. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Because a lot of times we don't like it. And then later on, when you learn that that's what we needed. And I just don't know how to be in the space between them where she's like her biggest stress is him and being around him and feeling overwhelmed and pressured. And he feels like he's trying to help her and do everything he can. And I'm trying to do what's in my power when I feel like. I'm supposed to do, and I'm also being accused of being soft and just letting her do whatever. I had I just don't know what to do with this space, I guess. Because I hear these things that mothers see know, and then it, it's a hard thing for me. I don't know what to do. I don't even know if there's a question there. <laughs> oh, well, that's a really hard space. I can relate to it myself. I'm, and so I can lean in a little bit to it, but I'm wondering. If anyone here who hears that space she's in and has felt that and has dealt with it, what did you do or how did you handle it? This is where mothers are so strong for each other, where we can relate and really help each other out, which is really one of the big reasons why we have warrior mothers who know, because we're warriors, we've been there. So raise your hand and chime in if you have some thoughts. I didn't raise my hand, but I unmuted. Hey, I love you so much. I'm so sorry for your hard you're going through. I just off the top of my head, you know, take it for what it's worth. It could be totally not good. But in my head, as I have worked so hard and continue to work to try to get closer to the Savior, if I were in your shoes, I think that I would just tell myself, you know, just like my daughter is choosing you know, to use drugs, my husband is choosing to act like this, I can still choose to do what I do and not worry about trying to influence or change, just let it be. And when I talk to my daughter, just say, you know, your dad means well, he feels this way because of this, this, and this. I know in my situation with my son, I feel like I'm the one who oversteps more than I should because I'm just so anxious and just so, it's just so hard. And I'm constantly trying to reel myself back in. But I know when my husband in the background is like telling me to shut up or stop talking, it's not helpful for me. It, it just makes me more anxious and makes me more, feel more like, oh, I'm screwing up again or I'm doing it wrong again. And, and so I think just, just trying to be in that space of love, of just accepting everybody where they're at, because it's a mess. And there, the truth is, there are no, quote, right ways to do or handle any of this. The best way is God's way. And I just keep trying to figure out what that is. And I know that God allows all of us freedoms. Like when my when my youngest son, he's really upset with his brother for the choices he's making. When he says things or wants to do things, I'm like, and you can do that. He's like, I feel like this. I'm like, and that's okay. You know, because we all are, it's all wrecking our lives in different ways, right? And so, but each of us has to turn to God to figure out how to find that peace that passeth understanding and that space to allow what is to be and to allow God to do his work and for us to do our work. And I don't know if that's any helpful or not, Andrea, but that's kind of where I'm 
where I'm trying to get to in myself and that I'm noticing is the most helpful. Because if I try to take on other people's choices or what they do, then it, it drives me crazy. Er, <laughs> I'm already crazy. That was so good. Do you have any comments on that? I have a comment if she, if she okay. does. Okay, go for it. And then if you have one, let, chime yeah. in. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to share that it is a really difficult position that Jen, I think most of us are kind of in that kind of situation in our families where different people think they should handle things differently. And as I was reading in the Book of Mormon this week, I was reading in Alma. And, you know, if you remember the story, the stories of Amalekiah and then the Kingman, and you start to realize that one of Satan's biggest tactics is to get the family or the people in your group to fight against each other and not work together. And so when was mentioning that she tries to think that, you know, my husband's just trying to handle it the way, the best way he can, that is her allowing herself to realize that our families aren't our enemies and that it's really Satan that's causing the, the havoc in our lives. And I think that's important to remember because it takes away power from Satan. If we can look at our loved ones, and even if they're not doing it the way we want them to, we know they're doing it because they love their child or they love our family and they want to make things right as well. I personally have felt during this whole discussion today, I'm just so grateful that, that Cody was trying to help us to see that we really just have to look to God in our circumstances and to rely on the Savior. And this morning I was, I was reading an article out of the Leah Hona. It's actually the first article. It's from President Eyring. It's called The Promised Messiah. And he's talking about the Savior and all the things, all the blessings that we received because of his birth. And there's a part of it that says, the babe of Bethlehem who delivers us from sin and death can also deliver us from sorrow, doubt, fear, and pain. And I think that's what most of us feel with our children when they're making decisions that are uh, against our values. We have fear. We feel sad about what they're doing. And we start to doubt that they're going to make good choices and lead themselves to Christ. But Elder or President Eyring also said that when we run into situations in our families or in our lives, these trials that are really like overwhelming and we don't know what to do, he's saying we just, you just got to keep looking to the Savior. He says that trials are designed to draw us toward the Savior so that he can make us better, able to lift others to him. And so when we were asked the question from Andrea, what should I do in this situation? I, all I could think was the only person who really knows is Heavenly Father Jesus Christ. And you just have to turn to them and the Savior will help you to see how to best serve and love your loved one. And it's not an easy thing to do, but I do have a testimony that all the things that Cody taught us about doing our prayers and, and trying to journal and to read the Word of God those things help us to remember him. And so I just want to encourage all of us to do that. And especially at this time, because I do think Christmas time and any holiday is, is hard because we have in our minds, we think it should be this way and we see how it, the reality is. And anyway, so I just want to testify of that. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And thank you so much. That was beautiful. And I 
can completely second and agree. I love Kim Davis. You know, she works in the Worth Group, but she always says, the real battle is to have the spirit. When you have the spirit, you win every battle. And sometimes when I've been in that conflict, I can give you an example of what happened. I was so sure that my husband was wrong in what he was saying to my child. And that brought in the spirit of contention. And then later on, the stake president was over and he said, would you guys like a blessing? And in the blessing he gave me was a little chastisement in that the spirit's working with my husband as well. And that I can trust that the spirit is aware of the situation. And I think that that was, I was thankful for that change in the way that I was thinking, because what, what I would hope for my child is that they can have the spirit as well and be able to take in what is good from different people and know that that's from the spirit and put that in their life. And I'm not all knowing. It's like what said, only God is all knowing. My job is to make sure I have the spirit so that I can act when acted upon or speak when the words could come. And if my husband's doing something wrong, that's really on my child to not take that in because they have the spirit. So we really want to lead them to the spirit, right? So that was my experience. And BJ, what do you have? Oh, thank you for what you have all shared. And I, I love what just the, the idea that there isn't a, an answer that washes over every, you know, every question. But lots of times I notice that in my own just stewing about what to do, how can I fix this? How can I help this? How can I? I sometimes forget that idea of keep keep the Savior in the loop here. And so I love, I too love what Cody had talked about. And so much of what he said reminded me of what President Nelson said. And such a good reminder for me, because we really do have access to higher thoughts. We don't have access to the thoughts that fix everything or make other people do things or change the situation. But we have higher thoughts that maybe don't keep talking. It's okay. Or I'm really on this and I'm going to stick with you in this. And just on Sunday, I, I have an 18 year old that's looking for apartments and, and new job and will probably be moving out sometime soon. And as I considered this, him moving out, I just thought, oh, we've got such a good bishop that's such a good friend to him. And I love to be a support to him and help to him. And like, as I took those thoughts to Heavenly Father, I just was like, who's going to be there for him? He's going to get lost in the cracks. Of, you know, the bishop at the college is not going to be able to keep track of all these kids coming in and out. And who's going to, who's going to be there for him? Who's going to watch out for him? And just the gentle nudge that, that I felt was like, I will, I will, I'm going to keep watching out for him. That doesn't mean he's going to make him do anything, but he's going to keep watching out. And I think he's going to do that for all of our kids. And I, I, it's a difficult process to watch because in the meantime, there's a lot of decisions to make and there's a lot of you know, we can't just put our feet up and say, okay, you got it. But I appreciated Cody's reminder of that powerful thing we do have to purposely stay connected with, with 
just with the Savior and Heavenly Father and their thoughts. So the quote by President Nelson is one that I really love. And he just basically summed up, here's what you got to do to have all the direction you will ever need in your life. That's what he said. Here's what to do. If you will sincerely and persistently do the spiritual work needed to develop that crucial spiritual skill of learning how to hear the whisperings of the Holy Ghost, you will have all the direction you will ever need in your life. And I think that's powerful. And that those power each day praying and writing and taking some time to to read and hear things that are true and truth. It's hard not to kind of have have yourself be centered and have better thoughts and have, you know, that's a part of what comes. So I I'm just reminding myself because I find myself a lot of times just doing and worrying and but I really appreciate that, what Cody shared today and what you all have shared, kind of pointing to. Here's where we're going. We're going to stick with the Savior. And he's going he's gonna to help to through the Spirit to help enlighten our minds. And we're going to purposely do things to have that happen. But anyway, thanks for your thoughts, ladies. Oh, Kate, do you have something else you want to say? Yes. So as he was talking about, was there a pre-mortal interview? For this, I kind of took it as, as a mother, did I kind of know that I was going to have this trial with my son? And I am trying to believe that because that makes me feel better. I kind of have believed that with my other trials. I do believe that we kind of knew what we were signing up for. And so, I was. I just wanted to share that my husband and I went to the temple this last weekend, and I I was just very anxious about my situation, our situation, and I I was kind of telling my husband, well, when we first knew that he was into pornography when he was like a junior in high school, I came across the Like Dragons Did He Fight book, and I told my husband about it, and I said, I think we need to you know, talk to him every Sunday and have like some discussions about this. And my husband was just kind of not on board with it. And so, but I was kind of going through my own trials and with energy and and not feel and feeling a lot of fatigue. And so I just didn't feel like I could do it by myself. And anyway, I brought that to my husband's attention because I was kind of in an anxious mode. And he just said, remember what we felt in the celestial room is that he would have chosen this pathway even if we had done things better when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. Even if we would have gone through that book with him, he probably still would have chosen this. And, and I kind of, I told him, I said, I need to hear that. Just keep telling me that because it, it's really easy to go back and go, what if we would have done that with him? Maybe we could have helped him. Or what if we would have put him on this medicine before, you know, to kind of help curb his appetites? What what if, yeah. Anyway, but I feel like, of course, we could have always done things differently and better, but we kind of go off of what is hitting us in the face right now. And God helps us right then 
to make the decisions that we need to make with that person. And, and so just, it, it's a pretty powerful feeling though, to think they truly, this is, they have probably had, our sons probably had an interview with Christ in the pre, pre-existence. And they probably did talk about how this was going to be their trial. And it's, it's occurred to me that he probably needed to actually experience it in order to be able to overcome it. And so that's given me a lot of peace to just know that he needs, he kind of needs to experience all of this. And now hopefully he's at rock bottom and he will start to change. So anyway, there's power in, yeah, reaching out to the spirit to give us those answers. Oh, thank you. That's really powerful. That reminds me last night, I was reading an article from Camille and Johnson, which I just want to read a couple quotes. But first, I just want to draw attention also to where she said, what do you want? Your voice matters. And I hope that you know, and I just, I have such a testimony that women, and we know President Nelson has said this too, that we're a big factor in preparing the world for the second coming. And I believe we were chosen to be the mothers and that he trusts us. And this is a great trust that he has in each of us. And there's power there. And Stephanie, I'm so thankful that you shared your experience in the temple and how the Holy Ghost testified to you of the importance of this situation. And then I noticed that when you came out of the temple and you got into your own everyday Satan came in and maybe wanted to let you know that if you'd have been better, if you'd have been different, this wouldn't have happened. That is such a tactic of Lucifer. It makes me want to smack it because you already know that you are right where you're supposed to be. And, and so let me now, I'm going to say this last quote and then I'm turning over to BJ because she has some things to say, but it just made me feel so touched listening to everyone talk today, but Camille and Johnson, she's the general primary president. She said, let Christ be the author and let the Holy Ghost be the witness. So she says, what kind of personal narrative are you writing for your life? Does your story end where it began? That would be, we began with God. We're going to end with God. He knows your story from the beginning to the end. And he knows our kids. He was the creator of heaven and earth. He wants us to return home. He has everything invested. I mean, Christ gave everything. The best stories involve a struggle. So if we think of the struggle as a way that we're being refined and we're like, oh, it's painful to watch our kids, but this is their opportunity to be refined and become more like God, then we can see better that our responsibility is to just help them find their Christ, their Savior. And sometimes all that is, is being still and knowing God and living in a way that we have taught them and they see it because we have that much faith in God. She gave the example of David and Goliath and Esther, where she let God prevail. And then she quoted President Nelson. He says, what what we could do if we increased our faith? What could we do if we increased our faith? If we receive more faith by doing that, which requires more faith and in the struggle, it requires more faith. So what can we really accomplish if we lean in and increase our faith? G 
Jesus Christ knows the potential of us and our loved ones. And then she ended with, let Christ be the author and let the Holy Ghost be the witness. So I just felt the spirit last night so much. And then listening to this, it came back to my mind. So I just, I love you ladies. I love that you share. I feel strength in my journey by your spirits showing up every week. And anyway, I know we're off till after Christmas. And so I personally wish you all a really Merry Christmas. And now I'll turn the time back over to BJ. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you, everyone. Yeah, we are. We're, we're in this. And we, we love that. It's nice to point over to the Savior because that's the place we can all point to. And even though how that looks and how that works is, is, isn't just clear cut and easy and removes any difficulty, but boy, it just, my husband and I were talking after church one day when had several kids here. Most of them didn't want to be with us or go with us. And a few other things that happened that day. And we sat here and thought, this is a big mess up. All is lost, you know. And as we considered it, we was just like, you know why it isn't? You know, it isn't lost. Because <laughs> really, the Savior's on it. And I think the end of the story is going to have a lot more hope than we think and a lot more time and a lot. Anyway, I just appreciate having him in the picture and understanding him and what he's about a little bit more. And and anyway, it just adds a lot of hope to the mix, even though our mortal watch kind of skews that a little bit. But just to pull ourselves up above a little bit and, and be able to see that is, is pretty sweet. So anyway, wanted to just share just a couple of things as we let you go. Like Debbie mentioned, we're just, where our hope is that we can just zero in on what, what Christ has for us and what he has to offer us and what we mean to him and what our families mean to him. And, and just if we can zero in on that and just to keep focusing in on that, I think it'll help us with some of the things that can start stirring and and worrying and and we'll be able to get some answers. So for just little things that we can do to help support ourselves and our families. But we wanted to just share a few things just as we we let you go and and reminders of things that are coming up that we would like to invite you back to. Karen Broadhead, who's the parent support specialist and the founder and director of Mothers Who Know. We wanted to let you know that she is available with her. You can go to mothersyouknow.org and she's got a complimentary visit. So if you're, if you're would like to talk to somebody and put your hearts and heads together, that's a great place for that. You go to mothersyouknow.org and just click on the tab that says visit with Karen or meet with Karen, something like that. And you'll be able to just have more information on that. She would love to visit with you. So these few things are some of the resources and parts of Mothers Who Know. This, this group right here, Warrior Mothers Who Know, will start meeting again that it, at the first of the year. And then the Mom Power Training will also be starting the first part of January. And so we would just love to invite all of you. It's just a free a training that you can do. And so I want to just, let me just see if we can this here. And then there's a couple other things we wanted you to know about. We loved having Cody here today. That was such a treat to have him here. And then just wanted you to see the schedule. We'll, we'll be having a break over the next few weeks. And then Maurice Harker, who's the Director of Life-Changing Services, 
will be joining with us on that first Tuesday of of January. And so you can you can get to this link just by going to motherswhoknow.org and looking under the support tab and you'll see the Warrior Mothers Who Know or however you got here today. Use that same link. And then just also wanted you to know about this mom power training. The next session starts on the third. And really it's a it's an eight-part training you can just listen to when it's convenient for you. If and but we'll have live discussions that'll be happening starting January 3rd and they'll just be every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock. There's lots of beautiful things that happen there. So you can you can go to mompowertraining.org and that'll help you to register. It will take you 30 seconds and then they'll send you all of the lessons and then you can join us for the live discussions that will start on January 3rd on Tuesday. So that is something that we just love to share. Feel free to share that with any other families or family or friends. And then this is a great time of year when we're starting to think about, hey, what can we do to support some of these beautiful companies and groups? We would just love to have your support if you're feeling like, hey, I was wanting to donate or help someone. We would love to <laughs> sign up and be your person. So there's a QR code right there that you can use. You can put your phone camera up to, or you can always go to our motherswhoknow.org and you'll see a donate tab at the top. All of the all of the resources and things that are provided here are lots of them are for free, but they're actually not free to provide. And so anyway, we just love to keep that happening for women. So we really appreciate you if that something that fits into your life right now. And then just some great podcasts to listen to, like Dragons Did They Fight One and The Mothers Who Know One. You can just find lots of new episodes that are that come up very frequently and just lots of really inspiring and and helpful information there on those podcasts. And so, and then the last thing that we wanted to just let you know is just a special spring retreat that's coming up. We had one retreat last spring and it was just such a a huge hit and such a, a great just fill our tanks opportunity. It was a one day retreat, but we've we're going to have a two day retreat in April on the 28th and the 29th. I have several women that have already registered, but it's it's going to be happening in Springville, Utah. It's it's really close to Provo, and it's in a beautiful canyon at this lodge that you're seeing the picture of. Just a spacious lodge and we're going to have catered meals and some wonderful little mini mothers who know messages that are shared by some just some wonderful women that have been here with us for a while and we'll also have Ashley Levitt she's been working a lot with us here she's one of a therapist for life-changing services and Karen Broadhead will be there and so we are planning on that being just a beautiful time of just feeling empowered enlightened and energized and that 249 price will go through very first. And then after that, it'll go up to 279. But if you're needing a Christmas present for me, it would have to be like a Christmas, Mother's Day, birthday <laughs> for the next year. And so anyway, that's just a beautiful idea. And so anyway, go to our website, motherswhoknow.org and look under the events tab and you'll see more information on that. Okay, Debbie, do we have anything else before we send everything off, everyone off and just Thank you, beautiful women, for being a part of our lives. You've added so much and just as we've been together. And if you're 
new, please come and find us or reach out, meet up with Karen or plan on coming back in January to join us for this group or the, the mom power training this as well. Debbie, anything I missed or anything else we need to? Oh, that's great. I just hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. And if you haven't registered for Mom Power and you want to take it again, go register. We're open. Thank you, Debbie. Okay, uh-huh. thanks, everyone. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSAA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers You Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.